Hello comrades, welcome to Democratic Republic of Ben Cryptopia. We added democratic because that's what you do when you go full socialist. And big lead story today puts overstock CEO Patrick Byrne in spotlight. Something about him dating Russian spy and having information about last U.S. presidential election. So he's no longer overstock CEO. Hmm. Peter Schiff says Bitcoin will never hit $50,000. Tim Lee begs to differ. And U.S. judge calls shenanigans on Craig Wright fake Toshi, as many of you know him. We are Russian propaganda arm for crypto world, so protect your wallets and make sure you use the paper ballots. It is episode number 302 of Bad Crypto Podcast. If you are hearing this podcast, you are on the sanctioned list of podcast listeners approved by the Democratic Republic of Bad Cryptopia. We are the extra bad version. <laughs> and welcome. Not just, not just bad, <laughs> but extra bad. I am Comrade Joel Kahn. He is Comrade Travis Wright. Travis. Or tra- what is it? Uh, Fatoshi. Fatoshi Onomo. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> oh my gosh welcome to the bad crypto podcast the show for the crypto serious only no more for curious only if are serious about crypto and if this is your first time listening to bad crypto podcast you're welcome. probably wondering what the hell have you gotten into you have clicked wrong link you must go back you are not invited do not hit subscribe unless under authorization of the state Oh my gosh, we've got some really great news stories for you today from all over the world. And very average stories as well, only the sanctioned stories. (laughs) Maybe we'll get accepted by (laughs) RT.com, Russia, (laughs) alongside Max Kaiser. Right. Max Kaiser's a Russian spy. The Ocean Pro Crypto Show. (laughs) And this edition brought to you by Nesgo. Nesgo.com, the GoDaddy of the blockchains. I'm kind of yeah, steering into a little Arnold there, aren't I? Nazgo is GoDaddy of blockchain. Tokenize uh, your business. Pump up your uh, business. No coding required. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're going to love this read. Listen, a lot of businesses out there trying to figure out how do they get on the blockchain. How do they tokenize their business? And there's a lot of solutions out there, but some of them are really complicated, like crazy, stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> That's funny. Crazy, there, stupid. There's, there's irony. Mess up the word stupid right there. That's, <laughs> that's irony for you. It's difficult to, to use, and Nasgo's got the tools to make it super easy so you can put your business on the blockchain without spending a ton of cashola. They've got their own Nasgo wallet. They have a whole family of applications and easy tools to use. Check them out today at nasgo.com, or else the KGB will come looking for you. My sidechain has sidechain on Nasgo. We love sidechains, lots of them. 
Yes, okay. well, my my side chain has a side chain with a side chain. It's very hipster to have all these side chains. Perhaps now we attach drop to accent. Your wa- attach to your wallet. <laughs> do not attach anything to my wallet. We go do news now. Timestamp 5.38 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on August the 28th. CoinGecko.com. What does the lizard say? Says, oh, it's a crappy day. And that's the end of this episode. So thanks so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in. It's been great. Um, Stay bad. Wait, here's our other no, sponsor the- before. We got to do our other sponsor before we end the show. <laughs> the market really, <laughs> the last 24 hours, market took a hit from between most coins from 5 to 9%, it looks like. Bitcoin back under $10,000. Well, the total market cap, $254 billion. Bitcoin, 97.44. Ethereum, 174. XRP, shy of $0.26. Cents. Bcash, 293. Litecoin, $67. Binance Coin, 23.50. Tether, 99.999 cents. EOS, 3.27. Bitcoin SV, 125. And finishing out the top 10, Cardano at four and a half centavos. Yeah, well, let's, let's actually talk about the week we've had. Bitcoin is down 9.1% this week. Ethereum down over 11%. XRP down 6%. Bitcoin Cash down 7 Litecoin down 10 Binance Coin down 16%. That's crazy. EOS down 10%. Bitcoin SV down 10%, Cardano down 6%. So it's been one of those weeks, folks, where crypto goes up, crypto goes down, down. Welcome to the sad crypto podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to finish this one with stay sad. Oh, stay sad. Mm. Well, crypto will go up, so stay good, crypt- stay happy. It, that's what I think, too. So there are those that are pessimists out there, and one of them is a long-time pessimist, a former guest on this show, Peter Schiff of the uh you know the gold fame and he is now saying that bitcoin will never in the word never is pretty absolute give never you up, never gonna let you down no. did you just rickroll peter schiff <laughs> so here's here's an unpopular opinion for you i think that song is freaking awesome and i love being rickrolled yeah it's just funny, funny. It's funny to rickroll your friends. It's good. I think it's great. I mean, you know, the it's just it's a great song. Anyway, he says it I like will to never Alexa, Alexa roll people. That's my favorite. Oh my. <laughs> Go ahead. Now. Go ahead. Yeah, it's good time. I mean, I'm just trying to finish a sentence. That's all. That's good. Just one. Just time. a sentence. Bitcoin prices will never make it to fifty thousand, is what Peter Schiff has claimed. Apparently, this was a debate that he was having um, with Joe Kernan on CNBC, and. He said, prior to the 2008 financial crisis, when I was still invited on CNBC, Joe was critical of my advice to buy gold. Joe was wrong to be bearish on gold then, and he's wrong to be bullish on Bitcoin now. He says, gold is going to hit 5,000. Bitcoin will never hit 50,000. I'm guessing that Bitcoin hits 50,000 long before gold hits 5,000. Yeah, well, you know, Schiff was actually not only, uh, you know, chatting with, uh, he was also chatting with Pomp, which is cool. Anthony Pompliano, the good uh, crypto dude. So they were having this conversation, and uh, he says that gold will eventually hit 5,000. Bitcoin will never hit 50,000. And here's the thing. 
Bitcoin is a digital currency. We all know this. Everyone has a phone. How, how am I, you know how heavy $5,000 worth of gold is to carry around I, in your freaking pocket? I don't, but I'd like to know. Can you I mean, send me I that? mean, if you if you feel, well, it's it's heavy. It's three ounces of gold. That's three and a half bad. ounces. It's four that's ounces. Bad. That's it bad. feels dense. When you hold that, when you hold that, it's good. Now try now now do that in silver, right? Now you're talking something seriously heavy. I mean, five thousand dollars in gold does not feel like much. Five thousand dollars in silver? Five thousand dollars in silver is a whole metric ton there, isn't it? That is. There's a comment on this post that, that was on Cointelegraph where we found this story. Uh, Matthew C. wrote, Bitcoin will move well beyond 50K in the next five years. Gold is shite. There's more gold floating in the ocean than there is in all of the vaults combined. If we were to assess gold on a planetary standard as far as scarcity, it's a very common mineral. We think in terms of mining ore. On a molecular level, gold is far from scarce. The old ways are dying the future is digital well said mr matthew c mm. i tell you what that's that's great and shift dude he his business is gold right he wants a five thousand dollar price of gold because he probably has a lot of it right so he's pu he's pushing that he doesn't have much bitcoin so he doesn't think he doesn't want to add any hype to it so he's got to be you know what and guess what we're talking about peter schiff in the news right so it's it's good to put a little uh Put a little stink out there every once in a while. I think it was a shifty thing for him to say. Yeah. yeah. But by the way, this is interesting. I just looked and silver, Mr. Travis Wright, went on a run. Mm -hmm. uh, it it hit 18. It's at $18.31 now. Last I looked, it was just over 17. Gold's at 15.38. So, oh. you know, maybe the, the silver, maybe the precious metals run is coming. I don't know. Wow, you know, you know, it's interesting. I was just looking here uh, at CoinGecko and Divi. In the past thirty days, Divi has gone up two hundred and seventy-two percent in the last thirty mm. days. That's that is one of the better altcoins. Of course, we're advisors, and we just did an interview with Nick Saponaro, their CIO, and we'll be broadcasting that to you soon to talk about how they're making such amazing progress. Meanwhile, from the positive side of the crypto world, the Winklevi twins, I figure if we keep putting them in stories, it's going to be like we're summoning them to the show. They were on CNN Wall. They were on CNN, and they said that Wall Street is asleep at the wheel with how it views Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. I don't dispute that at all. I I agree a hundred percent that the the mainstream investment community is out of the loop on how significant a revolution crypto and Bitcoin really are. Well, you know, what does the media tell the regular people about it, right? And what is Wall Street in general? They have their way of doing things. They love fiat currency. They love fractional reserve banking. They love how interest is created out of thin air, right? I mean, that's a system that's worked. They, they love that system. They have a grip on Wall Street has a grip on that system. So does the city of London and Wall Street. Those are the biggest banking areas in the world. They don't want crypto because guess what? There's a finite amount of them. They love the fact that you can turn on the printing presses and print new ones whenever they want. I mean, come on. Of course, they don't want crypto to, to be popular. So they're slow playing it as much as they can. 
you know, but some of these, some of these, um, you know, companies like Fidelity and some of these other ones are accepting Bitcoin in their, in, in to, to the consumer's investments. And, and we're going to see more future stuff and ETFs popping up. So, I mean, they're not going to be too, too asleep behind the wheel because a lot of this is going to change here soon. Well, of course, the Winklevi are the owners of the Gemini Exchange, and their goal is to bring regulation to the volatile market. And I, for one, wish them great success. Now, I'm not sure I understand this next story here, Mr. Travis Wright. The The story on Cointelegraph says that Bitcoin realized market cap hits $100 billion for the first time. Now, not, not regular market cap, because it's already done that with regular market cap, but the realized market cap. Apparently, there is a milestone here. It is an alternative calculation of Bitcoin's market cap that you derive from multiplying the price each Bitcoin last traded by the size of each trade. Do you, do you get that? Because that, that's math there, and I'm a little lost in the math. Well, you know what? We are not financial advisors. Uh, but basically what this is, is this so is, we don't have to understand math. At I don't, don't kind of understand this shit at all. It's like, like, oh, it's, you realize that they're taking this cap by the thing with the dude, by the group to do by the thing, by the deal. No, but basically what this is, is this is just a, another record for Bitcoin and it's posted all time highs in, in areas such as hash rate and daily trading volume. So it's just another really bullish signal and it's just, I mean, I, I, there's so many like the Elliott wave line and this and that. Like, there's so much when it comes to that stuff that you Elliott, the Elliott wave and all Elliott. Elliot. Well, th this is what I find interesting. You know, we look at the crypto market cap and we talk about Bitcoin dominance being around 69 percent or so. But if you use realized market cap, which focuses on liquidity and trading volume. Some say that Bitcoin's total market dominance, in fact, lies above 90%. So basically, it's kind of fuzzy math, right? You, depending how you look at the numbers, you get some different results. Like if and you how take is it, Bitcoin, How was it not over whenever it was $20,000 you know, a coin? Like, is it, was it sort of this, the... The overall, because it, it, it did go boom, boom, back down pretty quick. So maybe like this, the rolling average didn't get to a certain thing or I'm not sure. Well, if you look at the bad coin line, then Bitcoin has no market cap at all. Mm, I see. All right. This next piece is not necessarily news, but it was very interesting. It's because not not news. It's not not news. It's, okay. Well, you know, some some previous conversations from Hal Finney had popped up this past week on Twitter. His name was Hal Finn, H-A-L-F-I-N, and some of his old tweets are, popped up. And so some conversation around, you know, what will Bitcoin be worth after mass adoption? And he he said this, current estimates of total worldwide household wealth uh, that he's found, the range between 100 trillion and 300 trillion. And with 21 million Bitcoin, that gives each coin a value of about $10 million each. Hmm. Wow. Like I'd be, I'd be good with that. Yeah. So he said, so the possibility of generating coins today with a few cents of computing time may be quite a good bet with a payoff of something like a hundred million to one. Damn. Uh, others have chimed in as well. Charlie Schrem said, it's insane how little Bitcoin's actually in circulation, a little, little under 8 million coins. And, and honestly, 
not that many are in circulation million circulation yeah because there's several million are lost and several million you know are are Mm -hmm. huddled anyway he says that's not enough for every citizen of cairo to have just one bitcoin all you need is one and that will be life-changing yeah and guess what not everybody can have one if everybody got the same amount it's point zero zero two four five bitcoin if everybody on earth had the same amount see he tweeted this if you own one Bitcoin, you're mathematically guaranteed to be in the top three one thousandth richest in the world in Bitcoin terms. Twenty one million Bitcoin divided by seven billion people. Actually, there's seven and a half billion people in the world now. So because some people had a bunch of babies this year. That's true. That is true. Some people did something. Yeah, some people did something. And what's interesting is, you know, there's been a lot of talk, you know, uh, Draper said that he thinks Bitcoin's going to get over a million someday. I think it's quite possible, you know. It's just there's just some unknown tangibles like that's assuming everything that we have normal in life now is the same like the economy doesn't collapse and like all this other stuff like I mean, there's so many variables and factors that are going into this like it's really hard to make a prediction. That's why, you know, being a you know, predictors are hard. <laughs> well, right, because nobody I'm a, knows. I'm a soothsayer, but I don't really see things so well. I say I'm a soothsayer too. Watch, I'm going to say sooth. <laughs> I did it. I said sooth. So this article caught my attention on tradingview.com. What this uh, guy has done is he's taken the Litecoin having event everything that led up to it for the few months. He tracked the price of Litecoin, and he he then overlaid projections for where Bitcoin would go based on on this. And Bitcoin halving is a more significant event than Litecoin halving. Of course, Litecoin just Uh halved last month. Bitcoin is going to have in May of 2020, the block reward is going to go from 12 and a half Bitcoin to six and a quarter. And of course, based on that, the value of Bitcoin should increase, right? Mm. The last last time the halving happened in 2016, the market expanded dramatically. So based on this, Travis, you could see that he's predicting, he says the charts predict Bitcoin hitting um, in February of next year, almost 63,000. Yeah, that's that's a pretty amazing run up. And he also predicts a nice little run up in November of about 20 something thousand to go and pop up to about 38,000 or so. So 39,000. And if it does that, and then you're going to see exactly what you see, a bunch of people selling off. Oh, and then all of a sudden they're growing again. Wow. If that actually happens, that would be crazy. But just because it's it's happened with a previous company before, a previous coin or previous sort of chart doesn't necessarily mean that's what's going to happen. We'll no, but I think mm-hmm. it's more likely to happen because it's bitcoin and not litecoin you know litecoin is is bitcoin's cousin yes it's four times faster but it's not the brand that everybody knows and it's not market dominance you know in the space it's not even in the top three of market dominance bitcoin Mm -hmm. is the coin that everybody's talking about so if anything is going to follow this trajectory that litecoin did i think it would be bitcoin Mm -hmm. well bitcoin is the coin daddy so uh, it's a big daddy. Yeah. I, you know, it's all conjecture at this point. We'll see if that happens or not. But it's certainly interesting to think about for sure. 
Yeah. So it's an interesting article to read. And that's all. It's just one person's projection. And again, we're going to look back and we're going to either say they were right or they were wrong. Oh, Mr. Yeah. Travis, right, let's go to main story for main day. Main story today. Okay, yes. comrade. Because the uh, the officials in Russia have told us that it's time for us to make announcement about Patrick Byrne. Yeah, and Patrick's been on the show a number of times. We like the Patrick dude. Patrick's been on the show two times. He's not back, come back now. No longer sanctioned. He's kind of hippy-dippy, right? And he's a self-proclaimed hippie. But he made this announcement last week that the FBI directed him to pursue a romantic relationship with Maria Butina, who was an accused Russian spy. And as a result, he has stepped down as CEO of Overstock.com. Hmm. You know, we were in Orlando, and I think that was when he was on the news with some uh, – do you remember that the, the, the clip that he was on? And he was just talking some crazy stuff about it. He was all like – Russia and he he was going off on some stuff saying that he had insider information on a lot of this stuff and then like the next week or so it comes out that he was in some relationship with Maria Butina and uh, Butina was serving is currently serving 18 months in prison for acting under direction of a Kremlin backed Russian official identified as a former Russian politician and banker Alexander Torshin to curry favor with American political groups such as the NRA and to promote Russians' interest in the U.S. Here's the thing, that everything that we've heard in mainstream media about Russia hacking elections, it, it's all BS. And I'll tell you who's done a really good job of discovering and documenting accurately what the whole Russia thing was really about. It's uh, Dan Bongino. He's a uh, radio show host. He's a very popular podcaster. He's written a book called Spygate, and he has thoroughly footnoted and documented what really anybody who's aware of what really took place knows here. And what happened with Patrick Byrne is he says that he got, quote, unquote, fishy orders regarding political espionage, which he discovered came from a guy named, somebody if you've heard this name before, Peter Strzok, former FBI agent who was fired. Also, James Comey fired and uh, former FBI lawyer Lisa Page fired. There was some real shenanigans. And I think that Byrne knows some stuff that he's not yet talking about. Mm. Well, it's really interesting. And if you followed, gone down that rabbit hole, which I know Joel and I have had a lot of conversations around that, it is, you know, it's, you think about that, like, there's this elite people who are in like the intelligence agencies, but they were never elected. They were just appointed. And a lot of them have very long terms or there's there's no expiration on their term. And so they can start bending reality the way they want when they start using propaganda, which based in 2013 the Smith-Munt Modernization Act happened, and what that meant was the the U.S. using propaganda and fake news on U.S. citizens was no longer illegal starting in 2013. So a lot of what we've seen with the media just creating stories and having a lot of them not being real is because of the Smith-Munt Modernization Act that passed 
in uh, in uh, December of 2012. So that's just a crazy thing. Most people don't know. Like why? It, it's not just that they're trying to get traffic. It's just that they're bending reality in a lot of cases. I do and not know what this Smith Munt is that you're talking about. I do, do some like research a, on it, folks. I do like a nice bunt cake, though. That is good. Please well, to provide me with a bunt cake. Please to provide with bunt cake. Now, okay. Overstock has a new interim CEO. His name is Jonathan Johnson, and they he I'm was Jonathan asked, Johnson. I am Johnny John John Johnson. Jonathan John Johnny Johnson. <laughs> the third. <laughs> Johnny John. I'm Johnny Jonathan John John J. Johnson. <laughs> Are you done? I think I'm done. Anyway. Jonathan Johnson is the interim CEO, and he was asked if the company is going to retain its focus on crypto and blockchain. He says, absolutely, yes. So Overstock is not departing from crypto at all. And and honestly, Patrick Byrne seems very believable to me. You know what? He seemed very authentic, and we, we, had, we've, we met him in Aspen. Right in 2017, we we hung out with him face to face. Like he seems like a very authentic guy. Just really interesting to hear, you know, theories and whatnot. I always like to go down different rabbit holes. But best of luck to Overstock. Best of luck to the crypto stuff. And uh, we'll keep you updated if anything new pops out. Like my uncle Craig Wright. There's some stuff popped up about him. Uh oh. What did what happened with Uncle Craig? Well, Uncle Craig is in a is in a um, a case right now with his former partner's uh, family. And so Kleiman family, they, the estate of Dave Kleiman, um, a judge ruled that Craig Wright, Uncle Craig, must turn over half of his Bitcoin holdings and intellectual property to the estate of his former, uh, his former partner. Now, this lawsuit is where we first heard the name Paul LaRue, which we covered in the episode of Who is Satoshi Nakamoto? So he was in a footnote that was not redacted and they had missed the redaction of this guy's name. So it's really interesting. This, the Kleiman and Wright were business partners. Uh, he, Dave, uh, Dave Kleiman died. And uh, then Craig Wright now has to turn over half his Bitcoin hoardings. How well, many does he have? There, that's now there's the question. Now it's still going through some procedural stuff. And I think that there's going to be some sort of appeal on it, but let's say, that the final ruling is is that he does have to turn over half of his Bitcoin holdings. If he is indeed Satoshi Nakamoto, that means he must move half of his Bitcoin out of that wallet. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. Legally, he will have to. So to me, this is the ultimate put up or shut up. Right. Yeah. Why would you say you're Satoshi Nakamoto if you don't have access to your wallets? Because people are always going to call you on it. And uh, why do you want that? Why do you want that target on your back? According to this article in CoinDesk, while Judge Reinhold, wait, that's the actor. Yeah, that's the actor. Okay, no, Judge Reinhardt, the judge in this case, did not find Wright to be credible. He did not make a finding on whether or not Wright was Satoshi Nakamoto. So I guess no comment from the judge on uh, on this. Any any comments from Phoebe Cates? I don't think Phoebe Cates had anything to say about it either. But what about Judge Reinhold? Maybe Judge Reinhold was... Here come the judge. Here come the judge. Hey, do you remember what show that was from? I don't. Here come the judge. Well, that that would predate you. Uh, That was on Laughing, Rowan and Martin's Laughing. Here come the judge, which also made history in a number of ways. But in particular, the first 
president to be in a primetime television show was on Laughing. Do you know who that was? Those, I think that was Nixon. That was Nixon. And he said, suck it to me. Suck it to me. I'm suck, not, suck. I am not a crook. <laughs> I am not Satoshi Nakamoto. <laughs> so meanwhile, you know, the folks at Telegram have been in the news and the government has been saying, hey, what's going on there with the ICO you guys did? And they want to make it easy for people to trade Bitcoin and crypto through their app. Some are questioning the security on it, but there's 300 million Telegram users. And according to the app itself, they are intending to make crypto trading available to those 300 million users. Well, you know what? People who have joined the Badcoin Telegram group have already been able to, right? Because uh, we have the bad tip bot in the in our Telegram group that uh, is enables people to uh, to tip with Badcoin, which is pretty cool. This is going to be maybe way cooler than that because it's going every single channel. Everyone are, is could literally send other users crypto. That's pretty. That's pretty huge. It's three hundred million people. The button wallet button button. Who's got the gut button? Well, apparently. Telegram does. Button Wallet today unveiled what it claims is the first free crypto testing playground on the Telegram open network. And they're giving away a small number of Telegram's Gram cryptocurrency to encourage adoption. So if you're on Telegram, you might want to watch and see. Oh, man, I got a couple grams. Got a couple grams of the cryptos there. Mm -hmm. But a nice. And our sponsor, eToro, is also in the news. The number of people wishing to buy Bitcoin, Mr. Joel Com, right now, it's growing because of the U.S.-China trade war. Did you hear about that? I, I didn't. Well, I know about the U.S.-China trade war, but I didn't know that you know more people are buying Bitcoin as a result. So eToro yep. is doing their research, and they're saying based on what we're seeing that we see uh, that the trade war is good for Bitcoin purchases. Yeah, the uh, the eToro analyst Simon Peters he has says that uh, even being a limited asset with usefulness and intrinsic value, gold has never been affected by changes in central banking rates. As a result, the noble metal has historically served as a refuge for investors during times of economic crisis. Although it is now worth noting that Bitcoin is more volatile than gold, which means a more risky asset. However. Peters emphasizes the investors seem to be starting to be warmer about this first cryptocurrency. So more and more investors are liking the Bitcoins. Which means more and more people are going to have a need for the wallet and the exchange put out by our sponsor, eToro. And this is really a great way to be smart about trading your crypto gang. Download the eToro app. They're one of the largest trading platforms in the world. Get this over a trillion dollars in trading volume per year. And if you're a U.S. customer, you can now trade 15 of the most popular crypto assets. You've got low and transparent fees, or you could practice with the eToro virtual trading feature. There's 11 million plus other eToro traders around the world. And when you sign up, put 50 bucks into your account and buy $50 worth of crypto, you get a gift from us, free Badcoin socks. Go to badco.in forward slash eToro. Do it Right now, like put hit pause on the podcast, go to badco.in forward slash eToro, and we'll wait while you go do that. 
Can I tell you something creepy, Travis? So this creepiness is great. Go ahead. This website that the story is on the coinshark.net at the very top, there is a Russian ad. I don't know if you're seeing it or not, but you know, here we are talking with Russian accent and talking about the Russian hacking and Russian spies. And I am seeing this banner at the top that is in Cyrillic. Explain that to me. On what website are you on? At the coinshark.net. It's the site that we found the eToro story on. Oh, okay. Wow. Let me see here. Yeah, I actually had already closed that story because we were talking about that. I'd, I'd already read it and closed it and going on to the next one. Let me see if I see a uh, Cyrillic ad as well. Oh, yeah, I see one too. I'll, I'll read it to you. It says, Stavki va cryptalioti. Let's see here. Pervi va miri. Dets Dets Book Merker. What does it mean? I think it's some crypto conference. I just find it fascinating that we've been using, you know, fake Russian accents and talking about Russia and the ad on top of this English speaking site is Cyrillic. <laughs> I mean, what? That is act- that is weird. That is kind of weird there. <clears throat> okay. Well, the next story is from the UK. So perhaps we'll get ads that say pip, pip, cheerio next. <laughs> oh, it's time for tea. Drink your tea with your mums. Mm-hmm. The uh, UK central bank chief says that digital currency is going to displace the US dollar as the global reserve. So says the Bank of England governor, Mark Carney. Yeah, so, yeah, this is really interesting here, talking about the dollar as the global world reserve currency. Now, historically, currencies that have been used predominantly in commerce, though there are a preferred currency that is, that is normally used worldwide, and it has been since 1450, right? So for 80 years, from 1450 to 1530, Portugal had their had their own currency, which was I believe was was an esqueto, and then from 1530 to 1640, it was those reals, those eight pieces reals from Spain, from 1530 to 1640. Then the Netherlands had their gilden, and for 80 years, the franc was the uh, global currency for 95 years. It was from uh-huh. 1720 to 1815. That then is the correct. British, then the British pound. For 105 years, from 1815 to 1920, and the U.S. has been the longest world fiat currency or, or the the global reserve currency since 1921, almost 100 years, Mister Jolcom. Wow! So it's time for a new currency. Is that what you're saying? Well, Spain went 110 years. Britain went 105 years. We are at 98 years. That tells me that historically, over the last since 1450, I mean, that's a long time. That's 500, almost 600 years of history. No currency has lasted more than 110 years, and we're at 98 years right now. So I could see maybe in seven seven years or so, maybe even less, seeing Bitcoin becoming the global world currency. Or it makes sense. It, it could be Libra, right? We don't know. Ooh, ah. It could it could be Libra with two and a half billion Facebook users out there. I hope not, but it certainly could be. That would make them very powerful, even more so than now. So let's I hope not. Well, as long as we're in Europe, let's talk about Switzerland. What's happening there with regulation? 
In Switzerland, who is who are neutral, they're normally neutral around such things. They're also, uh, you know, pretty friendly when it comes to crypto. They, um, you know, they have had some U.S. regulators. They came to Switzerland and talking about crypto, and they still have some concerns after they've left. They've met with multiple agencies, and uh, well, Maxine Waters went over there, and I, you know, she's kind of old. And old what people don't she get does, crypto. She doesn't know anything about crypto. She doesn't know anything about governing. Her, her well, I'm district, just saying, I mean, like, do you know anybody who's really over 70 who knows anything about crypto? Like, I don't know. Maybe Warren Whitlock. I think he's like the oldest dude I know who knows anything about crypto. He's not 70. Warren, he's not 70. Don't, don't let him hear you say that. <laughs> Warren. Yeah, no. He's almost he's, 70. He's 70. No, he's no? not. Okay. Well, I love Warren. I'm just saying, most old people don't get crypto. Warren, like, you're old. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and also we saw whenever whenever uh, you know Zuckerberg went to Congress and had that thing. Like Congress doesn't even understand the internet. They don't understand internet advertising and how it works. Like they don't understand data security and privacy. What makes you think they really are going to get crypto? They're not. I don't disagree. I think that uh, it's silly that these uh, legislators that really don't yeah. understand Dude, anything. Trump doesn't even get it. Trump doesn't get crypto. These guys now he's old. don't get crypto. He's, he is what, old. 72? So I guess that's it. You got to be over 70 to be officially old. Well, you know, you when we were younger. I thought it was 50, 55. When you're 55, you're old. <laughs> thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like, you know, we're, people are living longer. They're living healthier in general. And uh, 55 is the new 40. Is it? I think okay. so. I that's don't. Because I'm 46. Yeah. So yeah. that means I, that's good. Oh, you're old. Yeah. In between I 45 and 50 is old, though. Oh, it's true. But once you're well, 55, that's a whole other demographic when you're going through surveys. It's like, oh, you're in the uh, you're in the 45 and older group. You're old. Yes, I'm old. Mm -hmm. old so, you know, congressional hearings on crypto and what U.S. lawmakers are going to do, mm -hmm. they're going to get it wrong. That's the bottom line, which is, you know, why I, I would personally not vote for this guy because of the party he's in. But Andrew Yang is the only person running for president that is talking about using blockchain. Well, not only that, it's like he's talking about using technology in a way that's good for America and Americans, right? And this is an article that I actually wrote an article in December of 2016. It's still on Huffington Post. You can find it um, if, you, if you search for my name. But I talked about you know, a lot of the issues that was around the 2016 election and just the craziness of it. But I said, we can all point fingers and hate each other, or we can find a solution. And the solution is to implement, implement blockchain-based mobile voting or voting. We all have a smart device, right? Why do we got to stand in line? And we need to be able to verify that our votes on the blockchain. Like, I've had instances where I've used those electronic voting things and I've voted one way and then like I'm looking at it and all of a sudden it goes whoop and it kicks over to the other candidate that I didn't want. So I'm like, nope, I want this one. Whoop. Like, wait a second. Are you serious? Come on. This one. Eh. Stay. Like, and that just freaks me out. Like, you know, electronic voting without a record, without, you know, it's like we need, we would almost need to go paper ballots or we need to do blockchain based mobile voting with, you know, uh, your identity tied to your device that you're voting from. And you can only be able to vote once, right? There needs to be something, some, some situation. And Andrew Yang is one of the dudes who's talking about implementing blockchain place based, uh, based voting, which I commend him for great stuff, dude.
Yeah, so I actually reached out to him on Twitter, and if anybody else wants to as well, asking if you know he would come be on the show. He's the only candidate that's talking blockchain, and I guess I shouldn't say that I would never vote for him. I suppose anything's possible, but uh, I would like to hear what he has to say. So if anybody out there is tied to the Yang campaign, um, then please encourage him to get in touch with us and come on the show, and let's talk blockchain stuff and have some fun. Because running for president is not fun. I guarantee you that. Yes. There is another problem, Mr. Joel Kahn. We can in make Ukraine, have you heard about this in Ukraine? Please do tell. Okay. Employees in Ukraine uh, were connecting a nuclear plant to the internet so they can mine cryptocurrency. <laughs> because they have nuclear power to mine crypto more effective. <laughs> and the Ukrainians... Okay, say, say <laughs> nuclear. Say nuclear. Now, I'd like to say it like this. Uh, you say nuclear. It is not nuclear. It's It makes people sound like idiots. Like we've had presidents like George Bush Jr. You know, I know Jr. you hate that, so I'm going to always say I, that. I'm going to have this here <laughs> nuclear weapons. It's a nuclear weapon, my friend. It's freaking nuclear. It's not hard. Like just phonetically read it. Nuclear. That's yeah, what it is. That's what it is. Uh, let's, let's be pacific here. <laughs> for all intents of purposes i gotta oh tell you gosh so this is kind of funny i mean the secret are you going Sarah, nuclear on me the, the secret Same service sees this as a security breach mining crypto in a nuclear plant i can't imagine why <laughs> wow they thought it was a genius it was a pretty genius idea however their mining rigs were seized and uh yeah they they got hosed a little bit can you time. see this hey hey vladimir Yes, Alexander. Vladimir, let's load the energy and power going on here. Why not we mine the Bitcoin? Oh, how many mining rigs must we acquire? We must acquire all the rigs and we connect here to this special nuclear powering thing and we mine the Bitcoin really, really cheap. Nobody know difference. Oh, well, I'm still waiting on my Butterfly Labs uh, mining equipment. Is it, is it arrived yet? Butterfly lab. What is this butterfly lab? <laughs> it's taking forever. Someday I'm supposed to get my new mining. Never mind. Okay, on to the rest of the news. No, no, they they took our they took our rigs. You know what we do now? We get our shitty old laptops. Instead, we mine the bad coin. Oh, that's great idea. I heard the bad coin is great coin for no reason. I uh, understand. Down in basement, they have old Pentium in their laptops. We get them out. We mine the bad coin. I tell you, I'm going to Chernobyl. I'm going to go and see about plugging in my Pentium there to my Because it's all about the Pentiums. What? <laughs> what? All right. One more story. And uh, this one probably, can, you know, comes home for you because you're a football fan. So Andrew, tell us about From Andrew this. Yang to Andrew Luck. Retiring from football. And uh, somebody had an opinion like, you know, we were want to do. And uh, somebody said, hey, Andrew Luck, you should pour your $24 million into Bitcoin if you're going to retire. And um, he's got $24 million. He's doing good. He just kept injuring his leg and just, you know, his heart wasn't in it anymore. And so he says, I'm out. And uh, so he's out. I don't blame him. I, he should invest in Bitcoin. Yes. I'm, I know what you should do with your money. You know, with your yeah, 24 million. Gee, yeah. thanks. Appreciate, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you giving me 
uh, direction there and what to do with my money. Mm -hmm. There are a few folks out there. Uh, Russell Okong, he does love the crypto. And, uh, oh, he was recently, oh, he's coming to a, an LA, a conference in L.A. and uh, going to be hanging out with Pomp and the folks there at that event, at Bitcoinist. We did hear back from Pomp, by the way, and he still has not scheduled. But come on, Pomp, let's do this. Get you on the show already. He's going to come on. He said there were circumstances. We got to wait. Oh, my gosh. So, Mr. Travis Wright, you and I are off to the altcoin mastermind in Bali. Uh, by the time that our next episode comes out, I believe you'll be on your way, right? You're going there be before on my way. me. Yep. Yeah. So we're going to be creating content face-to-face in Bali. We're going to be surrounded by some other crypto people. We're going to be hanging out on the beach. We're going to bring the Live Planet virtual reality camera with us. We're going to shoot footage. We shall do this. Yeah. And uh, you guys can actually go follow us on LivePlanet.net. Now, you can find both myself and Travis in the videos we're beginning to upload. Whether or not you have a VR device, you can still go to the site on mobile or desktop, and you can kind of click around to watch the videos in, you know, um, in 360. It's very cool. Yeah, go check it out, liveplanet.net. And, um, yeah, just look. They're, they're, we're there. If you look under Trav VR, that's where you'll see my videos. I'm Trav VR, and you're what, Joel Com? I'm Joel Com. I'm just plain old Joel Com. Joel Com. Yep. Jolcom. Talking <laughs> tokens with Travis VR and Jolcom. It's going to be great. You guys are going to love living in virtual reality, Bill. It's going to be super fun. Thanks for listening to the show. Please tell somebody. That is the number one thing you can do to support this show is to tell a friend to listen to the Bad Crypto Podcast and then tell them to stay bad. Tell them to listen to the show first, then tell them to stay bad. Tell them to listen to the show and subscribe. And then stay bad. And that's all they need to do. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.